Connor Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnerEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, hey, it's Gunnar Esiason. We are back for another episode of Breathe In. Uh, as always, joined by Tiffany Rich. Tiffany, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm well. We are uh, closing in on the end of July here. Yeah. Um, it is uh, crazy that uh, we're already here. I, uh, I can't believe it. It's This year has gone so fast. I know, I know. It's insane. Um, so today we're going to talk about... Uh, sort of what we alluded to last week. Um, mm-hmm. I had a colonoscopy last week. Um, oh yeah. And I think today we'll take the the podcast episode to talk about uh, some of the stress that goes into either preparing for uh, a procedure or what it's like going through a procedure. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so the reason I had a colonoscopy <laughs> is that in cystic fibrosis there is a correlation between CF. And a higher incidence of colon cancer. And uh, I know that's not the greatest thing in the world to think about. um, Right. Especially because it's, you know, it can be a little scary. Um, Right. And the guidelines for CF do suggest that people with CF should be checked earlier, screened earlier for colon cancer than the the rest of the general population. I actually did it um, even earlier than the guidelines suggest. Uh, because, as embarrassingly enough, I actually have a history of hemorrhoids, which are super uh, uncomfortable at times. So oh, yeah. the colonoscopy was really just to make sure that those hemorrhoids were, in fact, hemorrhoids and not For something sure. else. Um, yeah. And the if you if you read my blog last week, you know that the colonoscopy actually worked out fine for me. There was, there was really no problem. Um, so that's all good news. However, what I sort of did learn in talking about the colonoscopy uh, on my blog is that uh, quite a few people with CF – either didn't know that there was an increased risk of colon cancer and CF or that mm-hmm. other people with CF got screened too late and unfortunately uh, got the test results that they didn't want to hear or see, um, which, right. is, which is a little terrible. I didn't know. Oh, you, did, you, I did, didn't, oh, you know didn't? you didn't? I didn't know you had to. I didn't know until this, this year, actually, when I was told that after transplant, I need to do it even sooner oh, than really? the guidelines. Really? Yeah, I didn't know we had a um, risk of getting colon cancer more than someone else. So. Yeah, so it's uh, it, it was definitely a little bit of a, again, it feels a little unfair that we just keep losing the health lottery, but um, as they say, uh, screening is certainly the yeah. most preventative measure you can take. Um, but that brings me to really the point of today's podcast where we're going to talk about mm-hmm. uh, what, what it's like to go through a procedure. Uh, obviously, Tiffany, right. you went through a pretty significant one with your <laughs> transplant. A little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I too have also gone through a few different minor ones. Um, most notably the colonoscopy last week with heavy sedation. And then of course, um, I also had a feeding tube placed, which requires uh, a very similar kind of uh, sedation. So, um, 
I can't say that uh, I personally love being sedated. It's no, uh, no. there are there are people out there who do kind of like look forward to to it. Yeah. Um, I am not one of those people. Uh, in fact, yeah. last, just last week when I was doing the colonoscopy, like right as we were about to start, I had like a little bit of an anxiety attack oh, okay. uh, because I, I I really just do not like the feeling of losing complete control. Um, yeah, is, I I agree. Um, it, it's it's scary. Yeah, it's just a little unsettling. Um, yeah. it, you know, it, it's actually. Uh, so I was on, so, I mean, looking back, it's kind of funny, I guess, but, uh, I was, I was like laying on the table, you know, I had the IV in the whole thing. And like, all of a sudden I just started like hyperventilating. I just started like, like, just oh, like, no. like, like having like a weird, ang- like, and I knew it was going to be no big deal too. Right. right like, right. like, I mean, colonoscopy is the kind of thing that happens like every single day, thing. like, uh, yeah, like a thousand times in a hospital. And, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, I can't even imagine how many Columbia does in a year. So <laughs> I, um, like I, I just started having like this like terrible anxiety, like wave of anxiety, just like oh, wash no. over me. I, I can't remember the last time that something like that's happened to me. Ugh. And the anesthesiologist was like, "Somebody get the versed! Somebody get the oh, versed!" No. And like they ran outside, like they grabbed the versed, like ran it in, and just like shot it into me. And the next thing you know, it was yeah. like smooth sailing. Yeah. Um, which is <laughs> looking back, it's kind of funny. And the next thing you know, I don't remember anything. I next thing I know, I'm yeah. waking up in the recovery room. So like, right. really, really not a big deal at all. And there's also zero pain associated with it whatsoever, oh, right? Like you wake good. up and there's like and you're not uncomfortable at all, right? Okay. And, what I've heard is that you fart a lot after. No, I see. I didn't even fart a lot. Like I, oh, um, okay. I guess you still kind of have like the bowel prep in you. So okay. you still go to the bathroom quite – like I okay. went to the bathroom quite a few times yesterday. But the oh, prep okay. for the colonoscopy is pretty it, – it's it's annoying. Um, I will say though, like having the G-tube made it so much easier just because I could put the prep down my G-tube. Like it wasn't oh a big deal. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so like I don't That's... have to drink it. you know. But like if you're I, – I, let's put it this way. If you're having to drink the prep, like I totally feel for you. Like it definitely, definitely sucks. Um, but since I didn't have to do that, it like, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, that was my question for you is what it tastes like. And now I can't, oh, no, yeah, no, I didn't that. even do it. I just, I just put the whole thing down my feet. Actually, what I did was, um, I like had, uh, I was watching, I was like binge watching billions on Showtime okay. and, um, I, I had like the prep, I had like a little measuring cup and I had my feeding tube equipment like on like a paper towel and I mm-hmm. had a piece of paper next okay. to the uh the bowel prep and every time i took like i had to do uh two sessions of eight glasses so like i would like just so i can note down so i didn't lose count um yeah. and it was fine like i just uh i, I used the the uh the youtube wasn't a big deal like you just go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and like that was it um, yeah. but the procedure itself is like, I know it shouldn't have terrified me, but for some reason I got in there right. and like this wave of stress just came over me and just like, it, it basically won the stress won. Um, and then that's when the yeah. anesthesiologist ran out of the room like, to like grab the person. It was pretty funny. Um, well, I mean, when you're not used to doing it procedures a lot and you're not used to being knocked out a lot <laughs> i guess it's just something that you're not used to so you get this anxiety like you're saying yeah. that you're not in control like you said and you don't know so <laughs> yeah you just know like you don't know what's going on exactly and you know i um it's, it's been a while since i've had a procedure the last time i was sedated mm-hmm. Uh, was in 2013, 
and yeah, I actually had it was it was the, it was with the bronchoscopy, and um, and okay. believe it or not, I actually had a bad experience with the, bron- the bronchoscopy. Like I woke up in the middle of it, like I was aware. Oh, I've done that. Um, yeah, it sucks. And it's yeah, it's not fun <laughs> at all. And I, I'm wondering like if I subconsciously like went back to that memory and like you and, probably did. And instead of like wake up in a bronchoscopy, which is kind of normal because they try to tr- trigger coughs and stuff. Like I think I wonder if I had like a subconscious fear of like waking up with like the uh, the colonoscopy thing in my butt. yeah in my my ass. So <laughs> I can if I'm like trying to like look yeah. at it at it from like a logical angle that that might be why. Um, no, oh, I wouldn't want to wake up during a colonoscopy. Um, yeah, no with chance. Butt, but no, um, definitely not. And, and then prior to that, the last time I had been sedated prior to 2013 was, I think, 2008. So, okay. oh, um, yes. yeah, so I don't, I got, like, I don't really knock on wood, obviously, but, yeah. uh, it's, you know, my, the, the, the procedures where I get sedated are kind of few and far between. Right. Um, and I, you know, that may, of course, you know, I just have no, I don't really have a lot of experience in it. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it, it definitely does really get under my skin like i could go to a pick yeah. line and have no problem get the pick line place that's like because you don't yeah. require sedation doesn't really hurt it's like not a big deal yeah. uh, but as soon as you put me out it's i have a tough time right for me i'm so used to it now and when i had my transplant i was knocked out for who knows how long i don't know well that also requires general time. anesthesia too yeah, that's true. That's very true. And the rec- the most recent procedure that I had was the ERCP mm-hmm. because I had those gallstones. So what they did was, um, I forget what ERCP stands for, but it's endo- endoscopy does it. And they go down to the gallbladder and the bile duct and they put in a stint to open up the the bile duct to my gallbladder in order to let the stones pass if there were any more because mm-hmm. I went through a lot of pain and I did pass the huge stone and they had to go break it up as well. Uh-huh. So the ERCP, um, I had no idea. I knew what an endoscopy was, of course, because I've had those prior. Um, and, you know, you have to fast for it, of course. And then I didn't know for the ERCP that I was going to have to drink this lidocaine drink. Mm-hmm. And I swear to this day, I if I think about it right now, I want to puke because it is disgusting. And it just it's to make sure that you numb the whole way down your esophagus and stuff. Uh-huh. But <laughs> it's so gross that I looked at the lady after I drank it, I was like, really? You just made me drink that? She's like, I know, people hate me when they do this. Uh, so I, that's, I, I wonder, like, why... So when I had my feeding tube placed, I... Yeah. Um, I guess that's the time I got sedated, so that's actually 2011. Um, okay. But I wonder why you had to get... Why you had to drink the lidocaine drink for that, but for when I had my feeding tube placed, which, mm-hmm. also, which is also done via endoscopy, um, why I didn't have to drink the like drink for that I don't know. you know that's i, I don't, don't know. You know yeah so i don't know um it's weird i guess they have different um things for each thing like whatever um but when i did my feeding tube they just went straight through they yeah. didn't do endoscopy they just went to um straight straight through i that one was weird because i had all my tubes in uh-huh. my um chest tubes while they were doing it and they had to go I think. Wait, were you awake for it? Oh, yeah. You were awake when they did it? Yeah. 
Oh, that's horrendous. I think they gave me like the little thing that you're like, you're deaf. They numbed it for sure. And I was a little like I was awake. I knew what was going on, but you're kind of like in a zone. You know, uh-huh. I don't know what that's called, but um, I could like at one point I felt it and I told them, ow. And they're like, OK, need more, need more help here, more um, numbing. So, yeah, I was awake because they were talking and I told them. I had a my chest tube right there, and they had to go right above my chest tube. Ah, uh, painful. So it was pretty. I guess it was painful. I don't know. I couldn't feel it then, but after, of course, like you know, it hurts. Yeah, the, the feeding tube placement really definitely does hurt the aftermath. Um, but yeah, no. I so I had mine done via endoscopy. So like they go in That's with weird. with the, with the endoscope and they like can figure yeah. out where. They're going to place the feeding tube with the endoscope, and then right. that's how they make the incision. Um, so, and they didn't make you drink a drink. No, I, I, no, I didn't drink a drink. Get it off. Yeah, no. I, uh, Did you, were you sore afterward, like your throat or anything? No, not not that I like remember. Huh. Um, even like okay. when I do like a bronchoscopy, I don't have a sore throat. Um, okay, see, I don't either. But they make you. Do they make you do the breathing treatment? Yeah, 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 yeah. When I do, yeah, okay. when I do, a, when I do a bronchoscopy, you you breathe in like the lidocaine, like yeah. mist or whatever. Um, yeah, and, and that tastes horrendous. That tastes really bad. Oh, so bad. Um, so basically, think of that as a thick jelly liquid ugh. that you have to drink. Oh, it was nasty. That's horrendous. That's really bad. That's so bad. It was so bad. Um, that's that's not good. I uh, no. <laughs> believe it or not, I um, I always kind of prepare for some of these things like in a very similar way, and I wonder how you prepare for them. You know, I kind okay. of, um, I, you know, I have like a little bit of a routine, I suppose. I, tr- I always try to get like the the early appointment if I can. Oh, for um, sure. If you can't, then it, it makes the whole day even worse, just because you're so hungry. Uh, well, yeah, you don't want to be hangry, yeah. and I feel bad for the people around me when I'm hangry. Oh yeah, so. totally, totally. <laughs> uh, like I like I one time had the mistake of doing like an afternoon bronchoscopy, and it the whole yeah. thing just like was just not fun. Awesome. Um, awesome. Because like you're you're so hungry, and then by the time you get out of the procedure, it's it's almost nighttime, and like mm. you want to eat dinner, but you're just so like nauseated from all the the sedative. Mm. Um. You know, the one thing I will say, you know, then I'll kind of get back to what I was talking about, that yeah. yesterday the, the the anesthetic that was used was actually different than what I had used in the past. So um, I kind of snapped out of it right away, uh, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes some of those anesthetics do have a little bit of like a like a hangover with them. Yeah. Um, okay. When, when it comes to preparing for them, I, I always try to um, really like think about like the aftermath of it like i try not to think yeah. too much about the procedure itself because that like it uh-huh. that'll kind of like freak me out a little bit okay um yeah. i've i've always had a hard time with needles and you know mm-hmm. sharps situations mm-hmm. um but when it comes to like an actual procedure kind of like i talked about before like I, I i do kind of have like this like weird wave of stress that sometimes washes over me as it did last week um and i i think that the best way for me to to kind of like get over that is to look beyond the procedure and yeah, uh, think sure. about what I'm going to be doing afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost yeah. like you just have to kind of get through it, and then next thing you know, you're like, you get back to your life. Um, right. You know, yesterday I knew I was going to kind of be like recovering from having the deal of the anesthetic, so I knew I was going to be been watching billions. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not not yesterday, last week rather. Um, yeah. I knew I was going to be binge watching billions um, <laughs> in the aftermath of the of the colonoscopy. Yeah. 
I'm the same way. I want to just think about afterwards. Usually the night before, I want to eat like a really good meal because, like you said, you need you're not going to be eating. So oh. I usually go to my favorite place, In-N-Out Burger, <laughs> and I just I just think about like this procedure is going to be easy. I'm going to get through it, and then after I have fun plans to do. Like uh-huh. I have things to do um, this weekend. I have this, this, and this. I just think of everything that I'm going to be able to do, and this is going to help me in the long run. And um, like you, it's going to help pre-screen you uh-huh. and make sure that everything's looking good, and why not do it? I mean, do you do you have an experience where like you remember – you know, not not counting the lung transplant because that's like on a different mm-hmm. level. We can talk yeah, about that so a little different. bit. But yeah. <laughs> um, like, do you have something that like you remember like remember looking back that you thought was going to be like super easy, and like it was like a, a pain in the ass to have to go through. Like you had a bad experience oh. with something. Um, like for me, it was the last time I did a bronchoscopy and I woke up in the yeah. middle of it. You know, like that for I, me was just like a horrendous experience. Honestly, my sinus surgery. I thought that sinus surgery was going to be nothing. I thought it was going to be, oh, okay, we're just going to clean out the sinuses, open it up a little bit. Everything's going to be great. I'll be looking great in two days. (laughs) No, that was not the case. Uh, Because I never had a sinus surgery before. And this was a year ago. And... I didn't know what was going to go on, but I was, a lot of people were like, oh, it's easy. You're fine because they've had 500, you know, uh-huh. but for me, my <clears throat> face felt like someone punched it and it felt like that for a long time and my eyes would not stop watering and there's like a picture of me. It's mm-hmm. so bad. It looks like I am just in so much pain and I, you know, I just wanted to blow my nose too. And you can't blow your nose for 10 days. And just all that pressure. I guess there's probably a lot of nerves in your sinus area. (laughs) And it's just hurting. And I think that's the procedure that really was the one that I Mm. did not expect at all. Um. Yeah, no, I, I've never had a sinus surgery, so I can't relate to it. Yeah. Uh, but the way you're making it not sound fun. makes it sound like the most unpleasant thing in the entire world. It's it's just not fun, it, honestly. And then you can't work out. You can't do anything because you don't want to move your head up and down uh-huh. or anything. And, you know, you can't – I couldn't do any yoga or anything because you don't want to put your face down. Because then your nose runs – and it's bleeding, so you have to do a whole bunch of sinus rinses. So I was doing five million a day because I want to get all that stuff out. Ugh, it gross. was just, it was just crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound great. I <clears throat> so I, I talked a little bit about the bronchoscopy, but the worst experience that I've ever actually had uh, with any sort of medical procedure was actually not related to CF. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was in sixth grade, I had uh, an oral surgery done. I. Um, I had baby teeth that were, uh-huh. that like, they wouldn't come out. So like they're, okay. the, the roots of the baby teeth, if I can remember correctly, were wrapped around the adult teeth. So, oh, man. so in order for the adult teeth to come in yeah. and which, which they weren't like, I may not be explaining it correctly. And you know, someone who's listening, who's like a dentist or like an oral 
surgeon or something may correct me with what I'm talking about. But the way I remember yeah. it was the the adult teeth would not come in because the baby teeth were like the roots of the baby teeth were like like stuck Making, on the yeah, on the adult teeth or something. I, I forget right. I forget exactly what it was. Right. Um, but in order what they had to do in order mm-hmm. to um, like extract those teeth they had to uh-huh. actually cut my gums and then uh-huh. go in and like cut the roots out that's awesome so i was in sixth grade and the problem that so to back up they that that problem was discovered in the middle of the tooth extraction process oh. so oh wow um we i had i had this done at like a like a dentist's office essentially right and like looking back, they were like totally not equipped to be dealing with <laughs> someone who has CF. Um, right. Because as we later found out, that when you the the laughing gas uh-huh. actually can like negatively interact with cystic fibrosis lungs. So, um, uh-huh. like the if you go to the dentist or whatever, and you get like the laughing gas or whatever, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a very 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 low concentration right. because if it's too high, it can create mm-hmm. a problem in your CF lungs and. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They like as they started the procedure. I think they 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 started to sort of figure out that this problem was manifesting in my mouth, um, and they like didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether to like sedate me or they didn't right. know like, whether or like what to do with the laughing gas. And all I remember is that they like the laughing gas went up, and oh. like I like was on the verge of like passing out because I wasn't I like I I just couldn't yeah, breathe while they were doing yeah. this. Yeah, and like finally, what happened was like. I, I actually threw up in the middle of the the procedure. Like the, the guy, no like they're, they're trying to like fix my teeth, and I threw up in the middle of the procedure. Oh, it no. was like an hour of hell in um, the dentist chair. It, like it, it was the worst thing ever. I was like in sixth grade, and yeah. the only thing I remember was that like when I came out of the room, like the 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 guy who did the surgery was like so apologetic because he knew how horrendous it was. Yeah, and like you know, all I want to do is like go home. I was like, I was mm-hmm. like, I was a kid, and. Yeah. I'll never forget that, like, we, I, you know, it's weird to talk about now, but, um, like, I, I left that, like, surgery, and it was just, like, a, like, my, my parents, like, didn't know, like, what, how they put me in that situation, right? Like, it was, it was the kind of thing that, like, should have probably been done at, like, like, at, like, a medical center, you know? Exactly, yeah, Um, exactly. And it was, it was just, like, this horrendous experience that, to get like three baby teeth extracted, I went through like hell for an hour in the dentist chair, and like from oh, that's that point on, so bad. Yeah, it was terrible, yeah. and um, like from from that point on, I have like a terrible fear of the dentist. Like I won't go back. De- to, like, well, I I don't blame you. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I will not go to the dentist. Like I will not go, and like I won't even go for like a teeth cleaning just because it's so terrifying. Do you, did you ever get your wisdom teeth out? No, so that's one thing that I have won the lottery with when it comes to my health. Um, Good. I only have two wisdom teeth, and they came in perfectly straight. So okay, they don't need yeah. to be they that's don't need to be great. extracted. I only yeah, I only have two. Um, I think they're my top wisdom teeth. I don't have the guy bought them once. But no, it's funny. I only had the top ones too, and they were like perfect. But they took them out anyways. But they were they were scared to give me any anesthesia or any uh-huh. anything so i was awake for it and they were just out all the way so it was fine no impaction uh-huh. um and uh they just numbed me and they pulled them so oh, and really? they were only the top ones which is funny mm. 
Yeah, yeah. So I actually I still have my wisdom teeth. Um, That's great. You're very wise. But yes, yes, I know I am. I am very wise. <laughs> uh, so I I did I did win the lottery when it comes to the wisdom teeth thing yeah. because I've had well, friends who have had I'm their glad. wisdom teeth out and like it. Like just looking yeah, at them, I, I know it really sucks for some people. Oh, it's funny. Uh, There's a video of Kelsey and her sister that got their wisdom teeth together out. Oh, God. And they're, it's hilarious. It's just so funny because they're, you know, they were drugged up. So, you know, people say, you see all those videos of people doing oh, yeah, yeah, things totally. after and totally. it's just funny. Yeah. When I was in high school, I, um, after the bronchoscopies that I had in high school, the two that I had in high school, uh-huh. um, my sister came like like it was the, the very first one I had, you know. It was of course it was okay. like this big deal that like the whole family has to be there to like support gunner, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> right. um, even though it's like an outpatient procedure, um, right. my sister came and when they like woke me up out of the, the sedative, my sister thought it would be a funny idea. I'm ready. Oh, I'm a no. senior in high school. She's a junior in high school. She right. thought it would be a funny idea to like ask me like 50 questions you know like, uh, to, to, like start asking me about like all the secret secrets in my life and when you're oh, like that when you're coming out of the anesthetic like you're just an open book oh for sure right yeah. you're just like a totally open book yeah. and did you reveal stuff yeah i you know but you know in high school how important is the stuff that you're revealing you yeah. know in hindsight <laughs> but like when you're 18 years when you're 17 or 18 years old it's like the whole world to you you know, you're yeah. talking about like the girl you like, the girl that you don't yeah. like. You know, like you're talking yeah. about like Sydney's friends, who you like of Sydney's friends, who you don't like of Sydney's friends. Uh. Um, you know, like what you think about like this person, that person, and like yeah. it just all comes flying out. You know, and it's all good family fun. Like it's not like those like yeah. secrets like left the family, right? Uh, you know, but right. it was just like you know, it's it's one of those things that like on the car ride home when you're finally out of it, you know, yeah. Sydney looked over to me and was like, "Guess what you told me?" And I'm like, "Oh God, oh, what did no. I tell you?" This was like the this was in the time before the iPhone, so there were there really were no oh, videos, right. you know. Right. Um, but yes, I I too have been victim of the the anesthetic truth serum. That's funny. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have any siblings for that reason. <laughs> I guess I just usually had my mom there or my dad, and they just put me in the car and let's go. <laughs> I um, last week when I had the colonoscopy done, I um, I was clamoring for like a cup of coffee. So oh, when I came out of it, love your coffee. Yeah, you know, I but I really don't like when I came out of it. I was like, I want, I want a coffee, mom. Go get me a coffee, mom. And she finally did get me a coffee, That's but. Hilarious. What happened was when I like was discussing the the procedure with the uh, with the doctor, mm-hmm. I was told that like when you come out of the anesthetic, all you need is a cup of coffee and then you bounce out of it. So oh so God. I my like subconscious probably just, just wanted to like bounce out of that feeling. Totally. And to do it, I like I like convinced myself that I needed a cup of coffee. So I was like, Mom, I want coffee. Mom, I want coffee. Mom, I want coffee. <laughs> and I was like, finally, like I kind of have some memory of asking her to like just get me a small coffee. But right. I guess I must have asked her a thousand times. She came back with like the super sized coffee, and I I like, drank the whole thing. Oh, that's funny. Did it work? <laughs> I mean, I guess you know, like I, <laughs> you know, I only recovered for like forty five minutes. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I feel I, like when I get a bronchoscopy, I am out for few hours because you because Stanford's far from my house so uh-huh. they wheel me down to I usually forget even putting my clothes on I don't know these things you know it's uh-huh. just weird but they wheel me down and I get in the car and I fall asleep yeah and uh-huh. I wake up and I'm home and then I eat and then I fall asleep again it hits me pretty hard that stuff yeah I mean I felt pretty good last week when I was done you know I after like my little 45 minute 
like recovery window and my constant clamoring for coffee. Uh, I was I was pretty fine, you know. I got home and I, you know, continued to watch Billions and then played sure. video, played video games. Um, I know I wasn't supposed to like send emails or do any work, but uh, I did a little and then mm-hmm. I kind of stepped away from it. Uh, it's actually pretty funny when yeah. you when you leave um, last week when they, when I left, they were like, just when you go home, like no important emails, like, nothing, no important decisions, don't do it. You know, you should stay, stay away from that stuff. Um, and I, I tried my best to do it. Uh, yeah. But before we end here, we got to talk a little bit about the, you know, the uh, the giant elephant in the room, the, you know, what it was like going through the transplant. Um, that's obviously yeah. a pretty significant procedure. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what was it like? I know you're obviously very, very sick. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that kind of certainly mm-hmm. puts a different layer on these kinds of mm-hmm. things. Um, yeah. But like, how did you mentally prepare yourself for the actual journey through the transplant surgery well i waited a long time so i had a long time to prepare kind of Uh but you're never prepared until that day like did you ever like think about like like what it would be like when you got put to sleep um i just thought that i was either gonna wake up or not that's Mm -hmm. you know that's how i felt it's like i've said i said on the podcast just going through those operating room doors it's like you're going to come out or you're not and I'm going to live or, um, you know, I'm, it's going to be whatever. And if I want to survive, this is what I have to do. So mm-hmm. I kind of had that mentality that I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get lungs mm-hmm. and I'm going to come out and we're going to live. Uh-huh. That's how I felt about it. I didn't really think about going to sleep. I remember going to sleep, though, um, because the guy on the phone came in the operating room and was like, okay, it's a go. I was like, well, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and then they, I was talking to the surgeons and, um, I think he was a pediatric surgeon. Actually, he was putting my arterial line in and I was just talking to him about his headband. I, I don't know things, just little things. I was trying to get my mind off of what was going on, uh-huh. trying to say, you know, Oh, it's going to breathe. I'm going to breathe. Let's talk about fun stuff right now because I'm on the operating room table and I'm going to get cut open right now. Um, <laughs> You're about to be so, enter a non-fun situation. Yeah. So I remember just hearing, okay, it's a go. And they were talking to me, just uh, talking about like who I am, just kind of getting to know me. And then all of a sudden they put the mask on me, said count. And I think I got to nine from 10 <laughs> and I was out. It's amazing how fast yeah. that stuff works. It's it's crazy. And, you know, here I am. And, you know, they know what they're doing. So I trusted them with my life, of course, and to give me a new life. So I think I thought that going to sleep was going to be the least of my issues. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's definitely a great way to look at it. Like you're in a room full of professionals, right, that they yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but the most challenging part of it is that even with any sort of you know procedure whether big or small is that mm-hmm. you know, you're you're it's up to you to trust the mm-hmm. people that are in the room with you um, yeah. and that's you know that can be a, a challenging thing for for mm-hmm. anyone um, yeah. and that's kind of i think where you have to start your journey towards you know if you're you know it's, it's totally normal to have that fear and anxiety it's like not a big deal mm-hmm. uh, if you do have it like it's you know listen i have yeah. it i had that ex- I had that experience last week yeah. you know so right. 
Um, you know, it, it comes to it, it, it comes to making sure that you're on the same page with everyone else, um, mm-hmm. or that you're able to overcome the fact that you're in there with a room of strangers. Right. Um, you know, it's really someone yeah. you talk to for five minutes in the waiting room. <laughs> it's true. When I got in there, I didn't really. I only talked to some people before my transplant, and then got to the operating doors. I had said goodbye, see you later mm-hmm. to everybody. I was crying, and then I walk, and I got pushed through. The first people I saw were the anesthesiologists, mm-hmm. and they're like, "What's going on?" I'm like, I'm like, "You're just gonna cut me open. Don't worry. I'm, you know, because I was scared and." I just wanted to uh, talk to them and see what was going on. So, and they're like, what's going on with you? I was like, I'm just emotional. I'm going to get new lungs and you're going to cut me open, but it's fine. And then they talked to me like, what's going on? What's going to happen? And they kind of talked me through it, which made me feel better. And then I got in there and then we did the thing. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think you did the thing. It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, Every single time is a little different. That's what I've learned too. That the few times that I've visited, mm-hmm. everything every single time is a little different. Um, okay. You know, and it's you know it, it always goes about as well as it's, it's going to go. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we want to hear from you. Like, you know, what what have you, what have your experiences been when you go through these kinds of things when you have to be sedated, um, yeah. or if you've even used general anesthesia? And you know, have you do you like it? Do you fear it? Um, you know, certainly let mm-hmm. us know uh, so we can yeah. you know we can talk about it more. All right, before we end the podcast, we have to do the recommend segment. Yeah. Um, Tiffany, you can start this week. What are you going to recommend to our listeners? So last week I went to Hugh Jackman's um, concert. It's called The Man, The Music, The Show. And if you love Hugh Jackman, he's an awesome person and you want to know about a story. It's a lot of talking and then... Talk, you know, he does The Greatest Showman, he does Le Miserat, he does all these other things. He even does Beauty and the Beast and stuff. He does all his musical performances that he's done on Broadway and on the movies. And he talks about his life, and I, I, I enjoyed it. So, but if you, I would recommend it if you want to learn about his life and see him do his live action stuff. Um, if you love Wolverine, he doesn't do much of that. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the Hugh Jackman that I like is Wolverine. Yeah. Like, I'm a big he, Wolverine guy. He, you know, he, he talks about it, but he doesn't do anything about, like, that. It's more music and The Greatest Showman. Um, yeah, but if I would recommend going to that. All right, Hugh Jackman. I, uh, I've actually, I didn't love The Greatest Showman. Darcy loved it. Uh, we I saw don't know it. why I'm not, you didn't love it. I'm not like a so I'm, not, I'm not a musical guy. Um, okay, like I also didn't really know anything about it when Darcy <laughs> made oh. me go see it with her. So okay. as soon as they sort of like sing talking, I <laughs> lost it in the movie theater. I just started laughing out loud, and Darcy got super embarrassed. Um, but then I, you know, I sat through the whole thing. Uh, just not my not my flavor of movie that I like. However, right. I do love Wolver. I do love Wolverine. So okay. Cool. Uh, that's my Hugh Jackman thing. My recommendation for the week. Hmm. What is my recommendation going to be? Uh, it's not so much a recommendation. It's more of a, it might be a recommendation. So Darcy and I moving in, we're together. We're going to yeah. cut the cord. So mm-hmm. we are going to rely uh, on our TV for, uh, mm-hmm. by, by, the, by using the internet. We're not going to get a cable box. So, okay. um, 
I it's not so much a recommendation. I know it's weird to be talking about this in the recommendation segment, but we are going to be using PlayStation View. Um, So you actually don't even need a PlayStation to use it. Uh, But after some extensive research that we did and looking about, you know, just discussing cutting the cord, uh, we discovered that PlayStation View probably has the best value. Okay. Um, You know, when you when you do cut the cord, you know, you're saving because you don't have to rent a cable box or rent the TV remote. Exactly. So if you just get like a good, uh, you know, Internet service provider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really all you need. The bottom right. line is is that you have to be willing to rely on the internet service provider. So, mm-hmm. um, I am going to give PlayStation View a shot. We okay. have like a free trial. We have like a, I think it's like a five day trial or something. And then Darcy and I had decided that at the end of that five days, that's when we will decide whether or not we will continue cutting the cord or we will call the cable company and have them yeah. install a cable box. Um, and right. uh, but I, I think we're going to like it. Uh, we're both kind of like we both like streaming shows and stuff like that yeah. more so than watching live TV, anyways. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll sort of see how it goes with that. Um, but that right. is my. Little, I'm excited to see. Yeah, that's my little bit. I'm in excited. The, yeah. In my little uh, <laughs> bit of the recommendation segment. Um, yeah. Sounds good. And uh, so that's it for today's podcast. Uh, you can always listen to us on every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Um, mm-hmm. if you do listen to us on iTunes or any of the mediums, you can make sure that you are subscribing and then of course rating and reviewing. Um, you yes. can get a hold of us on Instagram, breathe underscore in underscore pod. And then of course that yes. is our email address too, <laughs> breathe underscore in underscore pod at siason.org. Um, I yeah. am Gunnar Siason. That's Tiffany Rich. And we will see all of you in August. Bye.